You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Ross, Xbox Live, Toaster 360. He's Steve, Xbox Live, Steveovich. And we're getting a touch of cabin fever in episode 166 today, March 29th, 2020. We're going to be catching up with each other before going into our topic of the day, which is our Resident Evil 3 impressions, which you could fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located on down under. Otherwise, just keep listening. Steve. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Steve, how you doing? Ah, uh, you know, I'm making the best of everything. I must say, I am so pleased, pleased as punch. That you and your wife stopped by unannounced yesterday. Stopped by for and air hugs? Air hugs, absolutely. Air hugs and uh, six feet of separation, which actually we we decided to go the extra mile. We, we actually had more of a, a 12 feet of separation instead of six feet of separation. <laughs> and um, yeah, we stayed in the sunshine. You all stayed on your porch. And, I will have um, you know that the, yeah. with the door being open, that uh, we adopted a fair amount of gnats in our house. Oh. <laughs> so we've been trying to hunt them all down. Anyway, what were you going to say? Oh, no. Uh, that was about it. I, um, we, you have gnats. We have mosquito hawks. We have, we have an, a, a hatching of a ton of mosquito hawks. So every time we open the door, we have to like maybe pound on it a little bit to get them, make them fly away. Um, and mosquito hawk. Well, well I, I don't think I've heard of the term mosquito hawk. Oh, uh, mosquito hawk. Actually, I think the proper term is crane fly. <laughs> uh, otherwise known <laughs> as what you and I have said as mosquito eaters, which actually they don't eat mosquitoes. Oh, really? Right. So you're talking about the the ones that almost look like daddy long legs with with wings right. flying around. Yeah, they kind of fly right into your face and kind of like slap you with their wings a little bit. <laughs> like, are you are you turf? Are you something to eat? <laughs> oh, can I land on you a little bit? You're warm. I had no idea you were such the entomologist there, Steve. I I, I heard people talking about how I don't eat mosquitoes, and uh, wife and I were on a walk, and I decided to Google it right then and there. And they eat turf. They eat like the the turf that's in like your yard. They don't actually eat the mosquitoes, but I, I guess they are attracted to the light just like mosquitoes are. And so they kind of fly all in the same place, but, um, they, they eat turf, eat different. Yeah. yeah. Like grass or yeah. soil or what? Yeah. That's all it said is just turf. I don't, you know, so that's what weird. Anyway. Well, I wonder how they got their reputation for being called a mosquito eater. Was that just the, the yeah. result of our dear old dad being misguided? Uh, I think a lot of people are misguided because a lot of people call them that. or that, That's why they all, all other people call them mosquito hawks, I think. So, I mean, they look like a, a giant mosquito, only they're, uh, you know. I mean, they, they, they really do look like a more like bumbling daddy long legs with wings, don't they? Like, yeah. I feel bad for... Uh, some of those insects, because when you think about the size of their brain, and they're so tiny, <laughs> I would probably be doing the same thing if my brain was that small. Right. No, but other than that, we um, we've been I've been introducing my wife to some of the uh, the movies I have on tap that we I th she's always said she's seen, but she hadn't seen them, and I've always known oh she so she seen lied, them. huh? Yeah, she lied. Yeah, she, she's she like, told I've a fib. That. Yeah, I, she's like, I've seen that. I've seen that. I'm like, no, you haven't. You have not seen this. Um, some of the stuff she has seen, but um, I showed her Master and Commander. Oh, that's was, a good one. Yeah, that was a great one. I don't know why they never made uh, a second. And why didn't they? That, that's a whole entire book series. I don't know why they they stopped at just that one um, because there's many other like master and commander, you know, stories. Um, that, that was a series. So anyway, you can, you can get it on, uh, on Amazon. Anyhow. Uh, so we watched that. I showed her snatch. Oh man. What did she think of that? She, she actually liked it. Um, I told her, I've been telling her like, okay, you know, it's going to be a lot of talking, but it's really good. Like the director of this movie, like this was probably his, his, his crown jewel here. And she goes, yeah, okay, fine. We'll watch that one. So we watched it. And so then after the, afterwards we were talking like, uh, like Brits <laughs> for about two or three days. <laughs> it's infectious. Um, I the, gotta say it's, it's very appealing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but she liked it. And that one needed a sequel too, because at the end, of course, um, they get the, the diamond and then, uh, uh, the, the guy, the jewel guy calls Eddie Evie to come back from New York to London and he, which he does. And then nothing else, you know, that that's where they leave it. Mm-hmm. And they could have done a sequel to that one. I don't know why they ever did. Anyhow. Um, and then of course we watched, uh, and it was a couple that she has actually, no one more. She hadn't seen the rock. Oh, that's another classic that came out back in the early to mid nineties, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she hadn't seen that one either, like that one. But I am going to say that I do need to upgrade some of my DVDs. <laughs> some of them do play absolutely fine. Like Snatch looks absolutely fine on DVD uh, playing through the Xbox. But like The the Rock, for example, that has aged. I don't know how or, or, or you know, the whole transition from regular film is to DVD and the resolution. But when I got it, I don't know. Like the resolution is pretty bad <laughs> for yeah. DVD playing on a regular DVD resolution uh, on a 4K TV. Some play absolutely fine. This one does not. So, um, well, and I, I think too, when it comes to the older films, especially if you're watching like a regular DVD and you're, it's essentially you're, you're upscaling the pixels onto a 4K screen. So, yeah, it's not going to hold up as well. Um, which actually, when I think about it, that's why we actually do have a need as time goes on and the TV screens keep getting bigger and bigger because you look at like what 4K does for, so let's say like a 65 inch TV or 70 inch, something like that. It works pretty well. I would say even like the 75 inch, but then you start getting into like a hundred inch or 120 inch territory. Suddenly the 4K even starts to not look as crispy as it once did. And that's when 8K comes into play. And right. so, yeah, I think back in the day, it, that was just standard definition back then. I think I think it was like 720 by 480 was like kind of like the standard back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but even that, I don't think that was considered standard definition. I think standard definition was more like VHS type type resolution. Um, yeah, like DVD 640 by 480. Better. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, but then we watched a couple Pixar flicks. Uh, we watched Nemo, of course, and we watched uh, The Incredibles 1. And man, I'm telling you, Pixar had a different humor back then than they do now. It was it's enti- the whole feel of both movies. We watched them back to back. the The feel of both those movies, but the humor totally different than the Pixar now. Like, I mean, Pixar is still good, but back then they were just different. They had their own identity. It seems like. Um, then they, they did actually, because back then Disney did not own them. They were just partnering with Disney and also the leadership was a lot different. John Lasseter was still at the helm and also Steve jobs was, um, the owner of Pixar. So having that type of, of culture shift, I think it does trickled into all the different areas and permeating how, um, the persona of your movies gets made. Yeah, for sure. So anyhow, hopefully we'll have the internet fixed for sure, uh, coming up soon. But uh, this weekend, with everybody being home and quarantined, shelter in place, don't go anywhere, uh, our internet was down to five mega, megabytes per second. Roaring. Yeah. Lightning fast. Anyhow, well, I'll ping pong that over to you, Russ. What have you no. been up to? What's going on? How have you been putting your stay-at-home-at-work mind at ease? I got to say... As a designer slash artist slash creative person, the working from home situation is actually not that far of a stretch for me personally, because I don't really have much of a life. (laughs) It was one of the inside jokes that a lot of us have um, in in our field is, granted, we're not going out uh, hardly at all at this point, but when it comes to just on an average day before all this stuff went down, there was a lot of time where I'm, I'm spent in front of the computer. I'm, I'm working on um, my Wacom tablet. Uh, it just depends on, on, on what it is that I'm doing or I'm playing video games. I'm, I'm, I'm very much a homebody. And part of that reason too is just because I, you know, I don't have a lot of extra coin to go out and be frivolous and go do all kinds of fun, exciting adventures and that sort of thing. So I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. I'm being very productive. I love working from home. 
I think it's terrific. Um, I ended up actually getting um, an upgrade for my Wi-Fi system. I actually, before that happened, I, I'm part of the AT&T U-verse setup, and I have the the, the professional business uh, gigabit uh, situation. So on, which is weird because like, I don't think I've ever seen my connection with, if, if I do speedtest.net, I've never actually seen it max out at like one gigabyte or gigabit per second or higher. It kind of, I don't know, it, it peters out at, I would say 745 to 800 megabytes per second. So it, I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of a, a small gripe I have because it's like, this is false advertising. What is this? Well, I'm paying for a gig also. So you can, you can think about how different they, they, they told me, Oh yeah, you're paying for a thousand megabits a second. You're actually getting 900. And I go, no, on your own website, when they do a speed test, I'm getting no more on a good day. I'm getting 50. I'm normally getting like 23 to 30. And that was happening to you before all the shelter in place stuff started happening? Or? Yeah. AT&T didn't like that I got married. It literally started to happen right <laughs> after I got married. I'm not even kidding. And have you tried resetting the Many router? times. Many they have, times. Because there's, there's the whole power cycle reset. Oh, but yeah. But then there's, there's also the little like dinky, like you have to use oh, a paper, yeah. you have to like straighten a paper clip and then yeah. like poke the reset button that's really small. Uh-huh. 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 Still not yeah, showing yeah, you yeah. love, Husty. No, no, no. They're like, oh, well, just go ahead and, and then and move it away from any electronics in the house. I'm like, yeah. Now, what good is that going to do? Because before I was married, this was right next to my my Arlo system. I back to back, butt up against it, and I had nothing. I hadn't had didn't have any problems. And they go, okay, well, plug a landline into it and into it, your laptop and see what it does. And then I did that, and it did get better, but it was around like 200 megabits per second when I'm still paying for a thousand. That is weird, and they can't come out either because they're not considering it like an essential thing, right? So, right. Like, due to the whole COVID nineteen thing, you're gonna have to wait till it all blows over before you can even schedule to have somebody come out and take a look at it. Right. Well, Steve, what I ended up doing was I got the Netgear Nighthawk, which I've been eyeballing for a long time. Even told a dear old dad about it, and he uh, beat me to the purchase punch, if you will. He ended up getting one himself and had someone install it for him. But I ended up getting, um, I believe it's like the Nighthawk, it's like AX12000 or something like that. I don't know exactly what it is. And I also got myself a net a Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi extender. It's the AX6000. So we are now complaint-free when it comes to being able to surf the webs anywhere in the household, which is good because we were in the same boat as you. And, and uh, I don't know if, if you want to pony up the dough and see if that'll help you out at all in your situation or not, but you, you can order it off of Amazon. Yeah, I think I'm just going to try and switch services and see if that works because that's definitely going to be the cheaper alternative. Um, we'll see what happens. Oh, well, that's good, Steve. So in the games I've been playing, I am very happy to say, Steve, that I I know. Beat... I, I saw your Facebook post, Russ. I saw it. Oh, good. I was very much on cloud nine after beating Ori and the Will of the Wisps. <laughs> It was very fun indeed. And I can't wait for you to get through it, Steve. I cannot wait for you to get through it. There's so much there to love, so much there to cherish, so much there to, dare I say, play through again. It's very fun. My daughter absolutely loves the game. She has memorized all of the plot points of the game and feels compelled to explain to my wife about what had happened and who the characters are, the relationships and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's a fun time to be able to bond with the kiddo on a video game and, and have it be enjoyable for both of us. So that's really cool. I know that you and I have given a little bit of a try to bleeding edge. And I haven't, I mean, I went through just like some of the tutorial part of it. How much did you do? I went through all the tutorial and then I joined a game. Okay. And when you join the game, is it something that you have to join with other players online or can right. it, can can you have the option to actually have some kind of like single player AI driven 
type of game? Um, that I have not looked into. Um, it was actually kind of by mistake. I was looking through options and stuff, um, and I joined a game by mistake. It was one of those objectives where you have to hold the territories, and um, it was lasting forever. And I just kept, I don't know, it, it, uh, it just didn't really hold my, it just didn't really hold my cup of tea. Didn't Russ. hold your hand. Didn't hold my hand. Didn't didn't coddle me like I wanted it to. So, because you know, know it wants to love you, love you the best, the best that it can, unconditionally, right? <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, so far, it it I, I do like the tutorial. I will say that I, the tutorial was actually really well done, explaining everything in the game and and. Um, but it just seems like it's trying a little bit too hard to be a, a melee version of Overwatch a bit. Um, yeah. Minus some of the personality. And I don't know if, it, if, it, if, the, if the round just went on too long or there's too much chaos and I can't really see who's who and what's what, what's going on. But it just didn't seem that interesting to hold my attention. And I, so I had the demo and I just didn't really, I, I had other games that I really wanted to play. Uh, like, Final Fantasy and Resident Evil. So I thought, oh, well, I think I'm done. Kind of getting annoyed at this. So I put it down. Yeah, I need to actually give it more of a chance. I haven't written it off yet just because I haven't even made it through all of the, the tutorial sections yet. And honestly, I would like to be able to try it out with you, like get on to a party. And I think it might be more enjoyable in terms of like when you're playing with people who you know. So then you're like, there is already kind of an established camaraderie. And as you go through discovering the the different abilities of the characters, um, maybe you'd be open to doing something like that. Just give it a try because I think uh, I'm curious to see how that works out. And I haven't even tried all the characters. I mean, just I think I've gone through about two or three, um, or maybe it's yeah, two or three characters because they do rotate and pivot through the different characters uh, during the tutorial itself. I do think that the graphics are actually really cool. It has a very neat art style to the the world, and I, and again, again, I've seen very um, a very limited amount of what the world contains. I do agree, though. It does strike me as kind of more of a close quarters combat melee version of Overwatch, and. I don't know if there are certain characters that have more of a ranged attack. I know that but some of the characters I was messing with, they do have kind of a mid-range um, type of projectile attack. But at the same time, to your point, I think they really want to have players be as close as possible, just kind of causing all kinds of mayhem. Is that pretty accurate? To me, that seems exactly how it is. I mean, there a lot of the characters. There's there's not really that whole lot to choose from, but most of the characters to choose from have some sort of melee weapon, and it's close range combat. Um, I would say more of the characters are like that than having ranged weapons. What's your opinion of the graphics? Graphics are so so. Uh, I, at first, I thought they were kind of cool, but uh, it's not blowing me out of the water. So do you think you're responding to the art direction or the graphics engine them itself? Because I do know that looking at the art direction, there is a conscious decision to go more of that punker, edgy, oh, yeah. I don't mind that. Uh, urban kind of stuff. And I didn't know if that's what you were responding to or if it was the overall look of the game. That's just the overall look of the game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of... Uh, yeah, that punk rock, uh, cyborg kind of, uh, you know, cyberpunk look to it, which mm -hmm. is fine. I don't mind that at all. It's just, but it graphically doesn't really do much for me. How many characters have you played as? Cause I think they have like what? 12 characters. Something like that. Yeah. I played the healer. I played, uh, there's like this cowboy dude, um, who's got a couple swords, uh, played the guitar guy played, um, let's see, there's a kind of a big kind of boxer looking dude, uh, that I played. Uh, I mean, I played the, the voodoo looking girl with the staff, uh, kind of heals some folks. The only two people I don't think I've played are, um, there's another voodoo guy with a snake. The snake talks. I have not played him. He did throw, puts like curses down and stuff. I have not played him. And the, the girl who's got like, who's holding on to the saws. Yeah. Uh, I have not played her. Well, would you be open to trying it out with me online? Yeah. 
I think it'd be fun to at least just give it a try. And if it's not fun, then okay, it's not fun. But I, I want to give it a, a fair chance just because I did like Ninja Theory's Hellblade game and they're, they're working on Hellblade 2. And so I think it's nice to see a studio take a chance on a completely different type of game uh, that they have not done in the past. And also in terms of like the, the art direction and kind of the persona of the game. So one we'll, thing uh, I did see or one, one thing I did notice rather is through the tutorial, they do go over and explain everything that was partially confusing to me playing Overwatch because Overwatch you just kind of thrown right in and like pick your character and go. And uh, to me, they took extra time saying, hey, communication is key. If you don't talk to anybody, you're going to be stranded out there. And, and like they're going over all like the <laughs> stuff you learn the hard way with Overwatch. They're, they're going the, to the, the furthest extent to, to, to explain it to you. So you're not one of those people who just show up and just want to be a one man army while the rest of your team is, is trying to, is yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Another game I was uh, messing around with was actually Mortal Kombat 11. And I know that I have voiced my apprehension in the past about uh, playing it and buying it because it was just so like crazy, realistic, violent and everything else. But what's interesting to me is actually um, speaking of the graphics games engine, that sort of thing. NetherRealm has really been on the top of their game over the past several years with like Injustice 2 and now Mortal Kombat 11 in terms of their graphics fidelity, but also their, their you know, solid gameplay mechanics and everything else. What was interesting is that I've been going on to YouTube and looking for different types of tutorials for how to like work and, and create certain types of uh, effects and um, different types of visuals and stuff as it applies to games. And so I found myself actually going, you, you know how you go on when sometimes you're on YouTube and all of a sudden, like there's all these videos that you stumble upon that are like right down your alley. Like you're just absolutely excited to watch. It's like, you'll see, you'll come across like five of them, one right after the, the next. And then there's other days when like you, you really struggle to find what it is that you're looking for. And, um, this past week, I, it, it, luckily it, it was the, the former instead of the latter. And it was great to be able to find people giving talks on how they approached some of the environmental effects and character effects, that sort of thing within Mortal Kombat 11. So it was cool to be able to watch it. And then I, I would go to that particular level and just study like how they approach certain things and how they tried to um, like, for instance, if you, there's like a level where like, there's like a wave from the ocean that bursts up onto the shore and it looks really nice. And so it was nice to be able to break that down. Um, the game itself, what little I did, I have played of it. I mean, it is, a really polished game. Everybody who was telling me about it, you are absolutely correct. The game is extremely polished, really good. I love all the character designs. And it does make me excited for them to make what is sure to be an inevitable Injustice Part 3, which I hope will come out for like the next-gen systems. I think it'd be fantastic to see that series continue. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, did you see the meme on Facebook where someone uh, put a scorpion... Uh, face on there with his eyes looking like in a different direction. Uh, and normally Scorpion, what he'll do is he'll throw out his hook to grab you and he'll yell, come over here or get over here, you know, sort of thing before yeah. he does a big uppercut. But now it just, it, the meme says, um, because of COVID-19, it says, uh, stay over there. <laughs> <laughs> <Scorpion's face. laughs> we well, you know the, the, the latest DLC character that's going to drop, I think next month is the fact that uh, Spawn is going to be making uh, his grand debut. And I've been looking at a lot of the reviews and stuff online, and it looks like they've done a really nice job. I know Todd McFarlane has been uh, promoting it really heavily. He's been claiming how excited he is about how uh, Spawn has turned out in Mortal Kombat 11. So that's pretty cool. And I got to say... There, it's interesting to me. I know we've talked about, about a bit about the, I can't talk about this. We have talked a bit about this in the past where when it comes to fighting games, they, they've all adopted this doling out of different characters over time. So like Mortal Kombat 11, for instance, is getting spawn soul caliber six is um, just now releasing another samurai showdown character. And I cannot pronounce his name, but he's the one 
he's kind of like he's kind of like Mitsurugi in a way in terms of like he he uses a sword and he's got like kind of a, a more of a white tunic but he's the character that has that really like like big hairdo it's right. like it's, he has black that. hair and yeah. you know he's kind of brash he's, he's kind of a uh, a braggart in a way in terms of his personality but yeah that he is now a part of the the family of soul caliber six which is really cool I, i'm and they're, and they're continuing they're going to have two more characters that they're going to drop in, in the coming months and then um and that's only with season pass two which is cool because i wasn't sure if they were going to also adopt the the multi-season pass model and then Dead or Alive 6 has also been um, continuing to drop characters as well. And so it's it's fantastic to be able to kind of ping pong back and forth between the, the different ones. I think in Dead or Alive 6, there's a new character called like Tamaki or something like that. And I haven't had a, a chance to really figure out her moveset. Uh, but I, it's weird. It's like I have a love-hate relationship with it because on the one hand... I love how we get new characters. I mean, in a fighting game, it's all about the characters and it's all about the different maps that you fight in. And so it's cool to have that. But at the same time, I feel as though they're really milking it. You know, like I feel like like some of these characters should have already pre-existed in the, the core game. <laughs> but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? I also downloaded the Final Fantasy VII Remake game demo, but I haven't actually checked it out yet, Steve. I played that whole thing, Russ. Yeah, I did. Oh, you, you got through it? Oh, damn. Oh, Steve, please. I cannot believe you did not even tell me about this when I asked you what you've been playing. What <laughs> is your impression? I actually, I liked that one the most out of the three demos that I downloaded. Uh, that was, it was very refreshing. I, I still don't care for as much voice work as there is like, um, you know, there, there's way too many grunts. Like when anybody like turns their head to notice something, it's like their inner monologue to go, huh? Or, you know, comes out or, <laughs> you know, if I ask you, <laughs> Hey, did you look over there? And I, and you go, huh, 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 You know, I mean, that would, I would look at you and go, wow, Russ, that's a lot of grunting for just like gazing over in the other direction. I'm totally going to do that to you, you now. It's going to annoy you to death. Um, Anyhow, so a lot of that kind of goes on. I think that's a, I think that's a, I don't know if it's a, um, a script writer's, you know, a Japanese script writer's thing to do. Cause I noticed that a lot in anime too. Um, you know, if someone's put on the spot, they'll go, oh, 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 you know, <laughs> like what's going on? Why are you doing that? That, that you wouldn't do that in real life. Right. Um, anyhow, so there's a lot of that going on. And then if you're, um, you know, if you're, uh, victorious in battle, uh, you know, cloud starts kind of start sounding repetitive again and again, like, Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. And I'm like, Oh gosh, this is, if I got to play like, you know, a series of games with him saying the same things all the time like that, I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to have to turn the voice down or something, but beyond, I if they have an option for that. I hope so. Beyond that though, uh, it is very refreshing to play. I mean, um, the graphics are great. Um, I they they did blend all the like the abilities and the spells and the limit breakers uh, very well with uh, you know not not doing the turn based uh, combat type system, but like you're always just hacking and slashing. And um, I mean everything looks just absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. So and it's it's definitely magical. Yeah, I can't wait to look at it. I, one of the big things for me is the the graphics engine. And I, I never played the Final Fantasy VII game when it came out on PlayStation. I enjoyed watching you play that. But I feel like this is the my opportunity to be able to go in and, and see what you were raving about. And um, I mean, you know how much of a sucker I am for, the, for a pretty-looking game. So uh, I'm trying to think if, if there's anything else that's going on. I mean, the only other thing that... Um, I played was the Resident Evil 3 demo, which we're about to jump into. I, I think that's about it with me, Steve. Hold on to your ninnies. It's time for the topic of the day.
topic of the day is the Resident Evil 3 first impressions. Capcom has released a game demo of their upcoming title, and so it would be a very big disservice for Steve and I to not check out that game demo before the full game arrives, which I believe is soon, isn't it? Like April 3rd it's, or April 6th? Yeah, it's coming Somewhere up. around there? Which yeah. Is insane. But, um, oh my goodness, Steve, please tell me, what did you think of the demo? It is, okay, so I'm going to be real with you, Russ. Um, I was, in a way, hoping they would hold off releasing this game until the next-gen system comes out because, in a way, it still kind of looks like Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, it's like kind of like using the same graphics engine and looks like they, they probably right, are. Yeah, right when they finished Resident Evil 2 remake, they started remaking this one. Uh, and so it almost looks like the same game so far. Uh, but is but that a bad thing, though? It's not necessarily a bad thing. It just doesn't feel fresh and new necessarily uh, because, I mean, I played two with you and Ad through both characters, but we really doled it out. So that that game lasted a good portion of 2019. And so (laughs) it doesn't feel like we've had, at least I've had too much of a break uh, before going from Resident Evil 2 remake to Resident Evil 3 remake. And so it kind of starts to feel like the same game, although I do like playing as as Jill again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is still exciting, and I am glad to say that they've that they've done away with the little pocket knives that get dull after the third try using them. So I was wondering you, about that. Yeah. So now you do have your your regular hunter's knife. That does not get dull, thank goodness. <laughs> do you think that that's that. only for the game demo, or do you think that's going to be for the full game? Uh, I think it's going to be for the full game because you're not using it to uh, get a zombie away from you or stop an attack. You, you're actually you can use it repeatedly as a weapon, and there are crates and stuff that you can destroy that have little things in there that you might or I might not be that. able to use. So uh, I would say that it's going to be it's going to be an item that's going to be in your regular inventory. Mm-hmm. I saw something before we started recording this, and that is that um, someone in the PC community has actually created a mod because apparently Resident Evil is also available for PC. And someone created a first person mod of the, the Resident Evil 3 game demo. And man, it like it is really cool. And. I, I'm. I think it's so cool. I honestly think that Capcom should should add it and include it to the the full game itself. Where like, if you want to have the option to be able to play in third person versus first person, you can do so. Or maybe like, if you beat the game in third person, you could have it get unlocked as like a bonus and say, oh, if you want to play through the game in first person, you can. You should definitely check it out. Though I was looking at it on IGN, and they had it up there. I can't remember the person's name who actually put it together. But I think that's one of the really cool aspects to being a PC gamer is that I think with a lot of games that come out, there is some sort of way that you can grab the the game source code and dive in and actually update the textures or kind of modify some of the, the actual models of the characters and stuff and then reinsert it back in and have like these these different types of experiences that we, we just as console gamers don't get the option to do. But you should definitely check it out. I would be curious to know what your thoughts are on that because some of the folks were saying it reminded them of uh, Resident Evil 7. Did you ever play that one? I don't think I played 7. And 7 uh, apparently was a first-person perspective Resident Evil game. Oh, wait, wasn't that one just, uh, just called Biohazard? Wasn't that the one that uh, we played the demo or... You're yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. And I actually need to, to, um, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't remember if I, I know, I know I got the game demo of that, but I don't remember if I bought the, the full game because, uh, that was one that was interesting to me that I wanted to check out. But anyway, when you get a chance, I would love for you to be, to take a look at that video and share your thoughts on that because it is real. In my opinion, it is really cool. It's a completely different experience when it comes to, to taking on those, those different zombies and the different locales and whatnot. But um, I think it's, it's really cool personally that Capcom continues its remake streak of the resident evil series. And um, I'm curious 
whether or not they're going to continue going through just the the older games or if they're going to stop at Resident Evil 3 or what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking about that after I played the demo for the third time. Uh, <laughs> I, was that against your will or is that because it was so cool? Well, I, I played it twice because there were some places, there were some areas I didn't explore uh, yeah. in the first go around. And so I wanted to go everywhere. And then my wife said, oh, let me, let me see that new game that you downloaded. And so I showed her and then somehow I got confused. Okay, I thought I went two different ways. And I'm like, which way was the proper way again? Let me think about it for a second. Okay. And then, so the 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 main boss the main tyrant guy was there and I I didn't complete I didn't get the items that I wanted to get mm. and so then uh, <laughs> I was playing through it. that was actually the scariest time because I he would, he would appear in different spots and where I didn't think he was going to appear and so there was a couple of times <laughs> where we yelled <laughs> like we shrieked <laughs> anyhow uh, so. No, it wasn't. I didn't play it against you know against my will, but um, I wanted to show her the whole, the whole demo because there was a time when she just loved watching scary stuff and oh sure. So yeah, she used to watch me play Resident Evil before we were married, and so she has some interest in it. Yeah, I'm the same way when it came to the game demo in the sense like for instance, I I came across the shotgun, but I couldn't get it out because you needed like some kind of right clamp or or right. cutters or whatever it is right. and. Uh, I was actually looking for the cutters because I was like, oh, that'd be cool to get the shotgun. But then I and I just, I didn't know where I was going. I was just trying out different places. And all of a sudden, I, I must have chosen the path that takes you to the end game of the game demo. Because <laughs> then all of a sudden, like you said, the nemesis guy was there. I was like, oh, and then I'm starting to run around. And I had the fire hose with me. And, and so I, did, I just didn't know if they put that in there as a teaser or if you can actually access the shotgun. You can access the shotgun. You basically have to... Uh, there's a donut shop, like a little, little small, little breakfast. Oh, I was in there. Yeah, yeah. There's a washroom area and the, the cutters, I believe are in there around that area. Maybe it's the post office trying to, trying to, you know, with all the lights off and so much carnage happening and, uh, running from your life, some places start to look the same after a while. Slipping and sliding on the blood and gore <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so it's in one of those two places, but yeah, you get it. And there's an there's an area that you you can unlock like a another gateway area, and then um, you get the shotgun and you're good. Actually, too, the third time that I was playing, I was getting kind of bored of dying, and so <laughs> it it brought up what it what it brought brought up uh, last time with uh, Resident Evil Two Remake, which is hey, do you need some assistance? Like, do you need us to make the game easier for you? to beat this time around like we can do that um you want it and so i went yeah give that to me let's just let's go ahead and let's do that. just see what happens yeah so i'm like this is the third time i already beat the thing anyway like whatever right so i did that and then that for some reason they took some items out of my inventory and put them in the box but gave me a bigger inventory like more places to store stuff i guess oh. more pockets to store herbs and so, and then it gave me like this, uh, this M16 rifle. Uh, Ooh. so it's like a third weapon. And so that made quick, quick work of the, uh, the nemesis. And, and you can't, I never beat him yet, but, uh, that I was able to finish the demo with, with that. So wait, when when you say make quick work of the nemesis, does that mean that like if you're if you shoot him enough times, he'll go running away or what? No, you basically slow him down. He just he, he'll he'll keep coming at you, but you hurt him enough, and he kneels down like to kind of catch his breath. That's what it looks like, anyhow. Oh, okay, and then he gets back up and starts coming at you. <laughs> I gotta say. It has been a lot of fun to be able to play through Resident Evil 2. I'm, I actually haven't beaten it yet. I need to, to continue doing that. But also playing through the, the game demo of Resident Evil 3. And granted, I think that, that these types of playthroughs are significantly different than the original games themselves. Um, but it is a lot of fun. I understand now how difficult it can be to try and aim at a zombie. Cause like right. there are times where they're coming at you and you're thinking I'm going to hit them. And it's almost like a mini game 
you know, within the overall game itself, where like you have to time it and aim it right, and and, and they're they're purposely kind of swerving their heads and doing these weird motions that right. just throw you off. And again, I think that's what makes the first person mode so tantalizing for me. Is I'm wondering, well, does it make it easier to aim, or is it just as difficult? And you're in a, a slightly different perspective. I don't know, but um, the graphics themselves, just backing up a little bit. I noticed that they use Quixel in their game, um, which is now owned by Epic Games. And Quixel was a company that they're, they're kind of a, a photogrammetry scanning company um, where you can take a bunch of pictures of any given real world object and then you can bring it into their their software program and it becomes like this instant 3D model. Like it, whether it's a, an environment piece or a character or whatever it is, and so that is um, probably a big portion of why the game looks so realistic and so good, both for Resident Evil 2 and 3, is that they're utilizing this technology, which I think is a, a great thing. I'm curious, though, now that Epic owns that, if they were to make more of these games moving forward, are they going to adopt the Epic um, engine, like the Unreal engine? Or are they going to stick with their, what, what do they call it? Is this the RE engine? The RE engine, yeah. <laughs> be interesting to see like how that works out. Oh, and it might just be that that Epic Games still allows for the Quixel app itself um, to be a standalone product as opposed to them um, embedding it into uh, their Unreal Engine. And I think that kind of remains to be seen, but I really love the graphics. I think the characters look amazing. It's crazy. I, I found myself just appreciating and, and admiring the different characters um, I know with Jill, for instance, I'm just rotating around and she definitely has um, a kind of a, a lifelike uh, idle animation, I guess you could say. And then as she's running around, she's doing things. It didn't feel stilted to me. Did it feel stilted to you? No, it didn't at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I can only imagine how the, a game like this looks on a 4K screen. Like if you had an Xbox One X and you're uh, playing it on a dedicated native 4K screen, I bet it, it looks even more crispy and amazing and everything else. So um, it, it does make me tempted to want to buy it maybe for like PC just because I have a 4k monitor and then I can actually experience it that way. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the bank account says. <laughs> Were you going to say something? Um, Jill seems, you know, in the last one, uh, Leon hadn't had the zombies come at him before, but, throughout the whole, well, most of the game, he's, you know, if a zombie is coming at him, he'll go, what is that? What in the world? You know, what, yeah. what was going on? And I'm like, man, you've been like <laughs> killing zombies for the past 12 hours. Like, I think you know what's up by now. They need to have some more dialogue cues in there. But Jill has had gone through the entire mansion in Resident Evil 1. So she she knows what's up. So I noticed that she wasn't saying much, except, you know, if she gets bit. Because, <laughs> yeah, you have to say something. That kind of hurts. You're like, excuse yeah. me, sir. Sir. Yeah, that hurts. ouch. Hey, you're in my bubble. Um, <laughs> but it's funny. They, they, I don't remember Jill having this personality, this kind of standoff personality. Uh, as she did in the in the demo, which I know I, I I kind of forgot what the story was with her and that Russian commander. Yeah, uh, if they don't like each other, I mean, I did see the umbrella uh, patches on their sleeves, so I'm wondering if she just doesn't like them because of that, or maybe there's some rogue team or something. But I thought, man, she really is standoffish. Like, hey, we all need to work together. She's like, <laughs> all right, like, man, okay. Then you just go. Okay, you just go and do your own thing. We'll do our thing and hopefully we all don't die. <laughs> so both, yeah, Jill and Chris were in Resident Evil 1. They, they were brother or sister within that little battalion or squad or whatever. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Is the scene from the demo uh, reminiscent from an area of the original Resident Evil 3 game? Yeah, that I yes, that I can remember. I don't. So I think it it is close to the beginning. I I don't I don't think it, it it's not like the first thing you do in the game that I can remember. Uh, but I do remember uh, the team and the subway and kind of get underneath that that uh, closable 
uh, garage door and, um, you know, I remember it, I remember of course the nemesis, you know, tyrant looking guy. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, a lot of it is newer, I guess. It's been a long time since I played Resident Evil 3, gave it another whirl, so... Yeah, I was curious about how much of the world pathing you think is the same versus new, but it sounds like at least from the game demo, um, most of the 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 world and the pathing, like where you run and and everything else, does that strike a familiar chord to you in terms of what the original game had? Yes, it does. Okay, it does. When it comes to Resident Evil Two, how much of that game, the remake? was um, the same as the original in terms of the, the pathing and, and the world itself versus new. Uh, it was, it was pretty, it was on the money for sure. <laughs> it, it was on the money. So like, so just about the, the entire resident evil Two remake, all that, like all the pathing and everything that, that was like verbatim uh, what the original was like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I thought that, I don't know if it was you or someone else, but I thought someone was, was mentioning how they kind of contra- like consciously made certain parts to be different than the original, just to kind of make it new and throw pe- like the, the resident evil veterans off. But maybe I, I, I misunderstood what they were saying. I don't think that was me. Uh, I mean, some, some parts of the map, like where you were going looked a bit different, but you were, it's it's nighttime everywhere and nothing but chaos is happening with people running and car accidents and things on fire so uh you know maybe they did some things different but by and large what you do in the game and how it looked uh i mean you got to know I mean, back then it was like 32 bit i think i yeah, don't think it was, it was 64 32-bit. i think it was 32 and so yeah. thing a lot of stuff looked uh, very different than it does now but, you know, rooms that you go into and certain scenes uh, that I remember specifically, uh, I mean, they just they took it out and they put a lot more detail in it. Uh, but it's still the same in my head. Uh, how I remember it, it was still the same. From the game demo itself, what about the characters? Are, are they all the same as the original or did Capcom introduce new characters? Because I don't um, recognize that one guy. I think his name was Carlos or something. Yeah, I don't remember him. Uh, but then again, I... A lot of Resident Evil 3, I remember playing through it all and beating it, but it, it didn't stick out in my head as much as Resident Evil 2. And so I remember uh, Nick, Nikhail or Nikhail or whatever his name is. I remember Yeah, him, I recognize him, yeah. But I don't remember Carlos per se, but I could be wrong. Okay. So what is your overall feeling on... Um, if Capcom were to do a remake for all the, the Resident Evil games, would you be down for that or not? I I would, but I I would want a break because if they keep on releasing these like one a year, uh, I mean they're they're all they're very fun to play, but Resident Evil and the zombies, you know, it's they start to kind of feel the same after a while. You need a break. And with the next gen systems coming out so soon, I mean, that would definitely be a refreshing piece to play because we all had fun playing these back in the 32 and 64 bit era. And with all the next gen and how beautiful everything is going to look and run. I mean, I, like I, I don't have an Xbox One X. So anybody who has an Xbox One X is going to play this game better than me. And so a lot of these games ones that I own that aren't even Resident Evil are going to look better. I'm kind of holding off on playing those too. And we're right there. We're, we're right there. The time's going by fast. Uh, and I mean, we're almost in April for crying out loud. We're, it, November is going to be here in no time. And the new systems are going to be out. It'd be incredible to have that be like Resident Evil 4, be a not maybe a launch title, maybe a title that is released soon after. Um, I mean, that would keep the excitement up, but if they just keep yeah. on releasing them as, you know, for, for the current systems, I mean, I, I would still think it's cool. It's just not going to feel as exciting. Yeah. I, for one, am very excited to, um, have this particular game come out. I think it's, uh, it's actually kind of crazy given the coronavirus situation and the timing of this, of this game being released just because they, they deal with a lot of the the zombie world um, all originating from some kind of virus or 
DNA experimentation that the Umbrella Corporation was doing. And so in a weird, uh, twisted way, I think that it could, I don't know, I could see it going one one way or the other in terms of it could either like help the game sales or hinder it because people just don't want to have to think about people getting infected. (laughs) So (laughs) it's going to be interesting to see like how that whole thing plays out. But I, I for one, um, am very excited to pick this game up. I think that, um, it's wonderful to see Capcom, um, back in the, the limelight because I think that they were, they were kind of doing things here and there, but, um, it, they weren't cranking out games like, like they were there for a while. I know in the, the mid nineties, mid to late nineties, I mean, it just seemed like they had um, a constant stream of games coming out. So it's really cool to see them um, once again, back on top and, and revisiting some of the beloved games. What do you think? What are your concluding thoughts? Steve? No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely picking up what you're throwing down. I think it's a great idea. I, I just don't want to, like I said, I, I think it's kind of like if, it's kind of like Marvel releasing a movie like every three months. At some point, yes, we enjoyed it, but at another point, we were like superheroed out. And I, I can't do like an event, an Avengers Endgame every every time an Avengers movie is released, which was like literally, you know, every like, it felt like anyhow every three months or at least like twice a year. Like I can only, those are like staple movies and I can't have a ton of them come out. So it's kind of the same with, I think with, with, uh, with all the, the game remakes, especially games in a series where I think if they're released too soon, um, especially if, you know, I mean, we're older, we're working. I mean, we have the other obligations and so I can't play a game for six hours straight. <laughs> like maybe I used to before and, and beat it a lot quicker. So I'm right. playing these games. It's taking a lot longer to conquer. And so by the time I'm conquering it and I play other games that come out and then the, the new remake comes out or the sequel and within a year, uh, I mean, I'm already, I'm already still with the, the other one for crying out loud. I haven't at that. I don't I haven't had enough letdown. Let's put it that way. Sure. <laughs> starting the new one so i like i'd like to keep the excitement as high as it could be and i just wouldn't want that to diminish because they're they're releasing them uh, as quick as they are well that wraps up this episode of joygasm make sure you tune in next week thanks for hanging out with us if you enjoyed this episode we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm which is spelled j-o-y G-A-S-M and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. We will see you all next week! <laughs>